Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story? This is a short podcast from Light Reading where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today we're talking with Light Reading's own Mike Dano about his tour of a Dish 5G cell tower in Las Vegas, what he learned about Dish's network while he was there, and when this network will be commercially launched. All right. Thanks, Mike, for joining me on What's the Story? Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I heard you went to a really awesome tour of a dish 5g cell tower um but before we get into that why were you even in las vegas what are you what are you doing outside your house mike <laughs> yeah really exactly well uh i i mean there's plenty of reasons to go to vegas uh but the reason i was there was um because the there's a organization called nate and it's the so I can't remember what it stands for, and it doesn't even stand for that anymore. But it basically is a the trade association that represents um, cell tower climbers, and uh, it's kind of where like real stuff happens. You know, these are the guys that are actually hoisting the stuff on top of cell towers. And so um, I had never been to that show, uh, and also uh, the CEO or the chairman of Dish was speaking there, and so ended up being a, a good one to attend. Okay. Awesome. So you got invited. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And I was going to say no no one wore masks. It was awesome. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, they had just dropped their mask mandate. I'm super, I'm vaxxed to the gills and have been very supportive of masks, but um, you know, they're difficult to wear during a trade show. And so the opportunity to not wear a mask was, was welcomed by, welcomed by everybody. And it was uh, a pretty great show. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird to actually see people's whole face. Oh in man, person. I think everybody just as soon as everybody heard that there were no masks required, everybody was like, "Yeah, we're going." So it was, it was a good <laughs> time. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so you, how did you get invited on this tour? Who, who did you pay off? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it ended up being one of the best uh, cell site visits I've I've done. You know, I've done a couple of these with Sprint and other companies, but um, this one was just great because. You know, Dish is doing so many new and interesting things with their cell sites. And, uh, you know, I had been in touch with the company and they're like, yeah, we might, you know, be able to meet with you, blah, blah, blah. It sounded very, you know, we'll see kind of thing, which mm-hmm. always means no in my experience. Right. But, you know, that morning I woke up, headed to the show, kind of was getting ready to do stuff. And I got this text. It was like, hey, can you meet us outside in 15 minutes? <laughs> and I was like, sure. Did you just like drop your bags? and I literally dropped. I like I just threw it down onto the ground and ran away from it. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and I just, you know, it's like, they're right outside and, you know, it, t- it took me about five minutes to meet up with them. So, you know, I, I was looking at a morning of not, not a whole lot to do. And then five minutes later, I had a lot of stuff to do. Got so super exciting. Super and so exciting. I was reading your article. So, um, it sounds a little bit like a kidnapping almost like you just went in. <laughs> Willingly <laughs> kidnapped. Yes. And- <laughs> Very much. But they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't tie me up. They didn't put a blindfold on or anything. So, uh, and they, they did seem to obey all traffic laws on the way over there. So it was, it was fine. It was good. And, and, uh, meeting me there was, um, uh, their main network guy. It's a guy named Dave Mayo who, uh, used to work for T-Mobile and now works for Dish and he's really calling the shots on the network build. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was just a a very informative, um, Mm -hmm. hour or so that I spent over there. Yeah. 
And so tell us a little bit about what you saw on the tour and was there anything uh, that surprised you? Um, I think my biggest surprise uh, was a purely professional one, which was the access that I got, which, you know, usually you get to visit these cell sites and you might get to do some things, but uh, all the dish folks were very open that what was clear was that they were proud of what they had done and they were Mm -hmm. getting ready to show everyone. And that really came across because they answered all the questions. Nothing was off limits. You know, they there was a few things that they said, oh, we can't provide that to you yet. We're still figuring it out on our end. And, and you know, but otherwise they were very, very open and forthcoming. On the drive over there, uh, Dave Mayo, the, the dish guy, he said, hey, do you want to make a call in the network? Uh, and I said, oh, oh yeah, I, I super do. And so yeah, I'd love to call my mom. I know. And so and actually, <laughs> I, I tried to call our boss, Phil, Phil Harvey, uh, who was he was busy. He was not able to pick up, unfortunately. So I, I ended up using a different phone and calling Dave Mayo, in, who was in the car next to me. Oh, uh, you should have tried my number. Mike. I know. Oh, it was wow. like it was like right in the middle of everything. And I was like, oh, it's a perfect opportunity to brag to Phil. And then uh, because <laughs> that, that call, that first call didn't go through, partly because uh, Dave Mayo's phone was not configured to the network in, in Vegas. You okay. know, it's still a test network and mm-hmm. you know it's not, not ready for prime time. So right. those kind of like final settings, things was not a surprise at all. So couldn't use his phone, tried to call Phil. Eventually got a hold of, uh, there was another technician who was with us and his phone did work. And so we were able to place a call. So it, it took a good, uh, you know, five minutes worth of, of figuring out. Actually, one of the biggest problems was that they had an Android phone, which I am not used to. I have no idea to make a call, how to make a call on Android. But like, where is the dialer? Like if somebody just hands you an Android, it's like, there's like a million buttons on it. So that was the hardest part was like, how, how do you type in a phone number in an Android phone that you are not familiar with? Yeah. So, and finally, the guy who was driving was like, here, I'll take it. And so he, he got me to the dial pad. And so I managed to finally make a call. But the, you know, the call went through, we were driving around, call went through, sounded fine. I mean, you know, it's, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal, you know, making a phone call. Uh, but it actually very much is because there's a mm-hmm. lot of new tech that Dish has in their network that, um, you know, most a lot of it has never seen the light of day commercially. So, uh, you know, even though it was just like a, hey, how's it going? can you hear me now conversation? Uh, it was, uh, you know, the, the underlying technology was pretty cool. Yeah. So building on that, one of the, uh, you had an analogy in your article about kind of a Tesla versus I think it was like a, some just Ford. Yeah. Something or other. <laughs> no, it was a, actually I picked that one specifically because the 1986 Ford Tempo was my first car. Aww. And so, so I can tell you how bad, <laughs> And unreliable, the 1986 Ford Tempo truly is. Uh, I actually have a friend of mine has a Tesla, and so I've ridden in that. And, you know, like I said in the article, it's like they both drive you around. They both mm-hmm. use wheels to do it. But, you know, the if you look inside of a Tesla and you look inside of a 1986 Ford Tempo, uh, it is, you know, apples to worlds oranges. apart, worlds yeah. apart, worlds apart. And that's what it was. It was like, you know, we, we made calls. Did a speed test. Uh, he recorded, I think it was like 240 some megabits a second on a on a completely unloaded network. So, you know, the, it comes with a big caveat about, you know, if, if there's no one else using a cell tower, usually your speeds are very fast, no matter right. what the configuration. But um, but yeah, you know, the the uh, the call worked, the data session worked fine, but the underlying tech is very different. Yeah. And 
it, it sounds like the dish uh, baseband equipment was right next to Verizon's. Like what were some of the differences you noticed there? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so, so it's called co-location. So you have a big cell tower and then you have radio equipment from, from a bunch of different operators on that same cell tower. And that's very common. Um, in fact, probably a good half to more of all the cell towers in the country have multiple operators on them. So to have dish equipment next to Verizon equipment, not a surprise at all. And dish said, that they're doing mostly co-location right now. So so all of the towers they're using probably have radio equipment from another operator on them. And in this case, the one we, we drove over to had equipment from Verizon on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, the, the dish setup was very different compared to the Verizon setup mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons. Uh, and you know, to be fair, you know, Verizon has 150 million customers all over the country or whatever it is, more than 100 million, you know, and Dish has, you know, exactly zero commercial <laughs> users on this <laughs> network. So, you know, they're, they're just, it's, they're going to be, Verizon has been around forever. Verizon has way more spectrum bands that they've put into commercial use. So just, and, and Verizon's network has been around for, you know, 30 years at least. Uh, so the, you know, it's bound to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my big takeaways was that, uh, you know, the dish stuff was a lot smaller, took up a lot more, lot or sorry, a lot less space. Um, and I also got a, a chance to look at the, you know, the stuff on top of the tower, which was interesting. Um, they're using uh, radios that no one else in the U.S. is using. So that's interesting. They're using Fujitsu radios and MTI radios and then antennas from a bunch of other companies like JMA and Comscope. But really the interesting thing was uh, the stuff down at the at the bottom of the cell tower, the baseband equipment, uh, which is, you know, all cell towers have, have the stuff at the top and then they usually have a little bit of stuff at the bottom. The Verizon stuff was, there was a lot of it. <laughs> it was in a big, you know, mobile home sized concrete shelter and the, and the dish stuff was way smaller, uh, just basically in a little refrigerator, a little metal refrigerator cabinet or refrigerator sized cabinet. Um, and just, uh, you know, just the amount of stuff was much less. And, and actually, while as we were talking, uh, Dave Mayo was like, look at all their, they had uh, some GPS receivers and there was like 10 of them on the, on the Verizon uh, base station bunker. Uh, and he was like, why do they need so many GPS <laughs> receivers? He just, he was, he was like marveling at the excessive, you know, setup that Verizon has there, which, you know, I don't know why they had so many, but yeah. even Dave yeah. Mayo, who's been doing this for a long time, was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff at that Verizon, you know. In the Verizon <laughs> like, we've got a couple extras of these, might as well put Just them in on. case, yeah, they, you know, they use GPS uh, for timing network, timing network elements, and so Verizon had all sorts of those receivers, these little caps on the top of their building. It must have been 10. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, when do you have a insight into when it will be commercially available? This network. That's the big question. I mean, they definitely missed their first deadline. They had definitely wanted to launch this market. So I went. I was in Las Vegas. They they had intended to launch the Las Vegas market uh, by the end of of last year, um, and they they definitely did not do it. Um, so you know, they're at least several months behind their their own deadline. Uh, and they are, uh, uh, due to their agreement with the Department of Justice, they, they do have to cover 20% of the population of the U.S. population by June, by this June. So only a few months away. So 
you know, they're running up against that deadline. But, you know, in my conversation with Dave Mayo, he, he was like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to make that deadline. He, he said okay. he was not worried about it. At that time, they have not launched commercial service. They don't have any commercial users yet. Uh, I have to take them at their word that they're getting close to launching. Uh, he said, you know, they're testing the network now. They, they let me test it, you know, which is, uh, I think, a, certainly a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. When they're going to launch it, I don't know. Uh, you know, he suggested in the next few weeks, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, and, you know, I, I think uh, I have written a previous article about this, too, that, you know, I think keeping our expectations low is is probably a good a good thing <laughs> in this case. You know, companies like AT&T and T-Mobile and stuff like, you know, they've had decades uh, right. to put this stuff together and, you know, get it all working and. Uh, Dish has, has basically had the last, you know, year or two, you know, to to go from, you know, completely, absolutely no network to, you know, uh, 150 set operational cell towers in Las Vegas, you know, in, in the span of two years during a pandemic. Yeah. So no I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, exactly. Right. Kind of cutting them a little slack in terms of uh, whether they have drop calls, which, by the way, you know, I've, I've got AT&T, my calls drop, you know. Yeah. It's it's uh, uh, my my data speeds are sometimes very slow, so um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it happens. All right. Um, well, thanks, Mike, and I'm glad that you you got back okay after that ride in the the uh, nondescript van. <laughs> I know. I, they they brought me back to the thing. They dropped me out. They dumped me off. <laughs> raced away to their next meeting, and so uh, you collected uh, I, all your bags. Yeah, I got all my bags. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't let, leave anything behind, thankfully. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good trip, a, a very quick trip, but uh, certainly worthwhile. Yeah. Well, thanks, yeah. Mike. Appreciate the um, the uh, first hand account, and uh, I'm glad you had a good tour. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Mike for taking the time to talk today. Thank you as well to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landrio for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Like Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>